You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Jay Dillon. He's a serial entrepreneur, investor, and philanthropic-based UK entrepreneur with a proven track record of growing businesses from startup to success. And now he's helping others do the same thing. From humble beginnings at the age of 22, Jay grew his first business from zero to over 500 staff in three different locations, racking up over $30 million in sales, all without any outside investment other than a small amount of his own savings. The business went on to acquire major clients such as Land Rover, Jaguar, Toyota, New Look, just to name a few. And today we're going to talk a little bit about his story and some of his takeaways. So welcome to the show, Jay. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be on your show. Thank you, Dennis. Yeah, thanks for being here. You're in the UK, right? Yeah, we're in the UK. It's 3.30 in the UK, so I'm not sure what time is it there, but yeah, we're just over the pond, as they call it. (laughs) Awesome. Well, listen, thank you for joining me. And again, like I said, I just want to tee this up for the audience really quick and let them know. You know, Jay grew a seven-figure business in his first year in a very, very competitive industry. He went on to do over $30 million in that business and then exit that business. And so today, Jay and I are going to talk a little bit about that story and some of the key takeaways, some of the things he learned during that journey that he's now applied to other businesses as well as helps other entrepreneurs with in their startups. Okay. So that's what we're going to hone in on today. Before that, let's just, before we kind of talk about that startup and how you, you know, catapulted that into a seven figure business, give us a quick backstory of kind of, you know, how you got there and kind of where we are today. Take a minute or two. Let's talk about that. And then we're going to, we want to pull that, uh, that other business apart. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So obviously, you know, being in the UK, my parents came from India. So both my granddads were in the army. They fought in the World Wars for, for Britain. So, yeah, we, uh, my dad came over here. He obviously worked long hours, 18, 19 hours, just trying to make ends meet, really, trying to help us, provide for us. And that really sowed the seed that I really wanted to succeed as, you know, I went on during my years. So, you know, starting very early on, we were never given pocket money. We had to always do things. So I started doing paper rounds on my bike, you know, and then moving on to selling car stereos when I was 13, 14. Again, just trying to raise money for myself. And by making money yourself, you realize, you know what? You can control things. You can buy great things. So that really seeded me when I was younger. By having nothing as immaterialistic, by making my own money, that is the way I really wanted to go going forward. And it's got me to where I am today, you know, working in business and helping with entrepreneurs. It's been a hell of a journey getting there. But I think the determination of really, really doing something better than my parents, although they did really good for us, was a main driver for me to start a business. So you had entrepreneurial bug very early on. Yeah. It was a necessity in a sense because 
you know, nowadays people get pocket money, then my parents couldn't afford to give us anything. So my entrepreneur was that necessity, but then I enjoyed it. I enjoyed, enjoyed earning my own money and that's what got me going. Perfect. So what was, you know, after you got out of, you know, I guess school, I mean, here in the US, yeah. we call it high school or college. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about, you know, that transition into this first business. Because I think this company that you ended up growing to seven figures and selling, that was one of your first real businesses, correct? Yeah, yeah. So what happened was in the UK here, obviously the education route being from an Indian family was go to university. So I did that. I fulfilled that. I got through university. I don't know how I hustled my way through. And really my first business idea came from basically when I graduated, I used to get put into different kind of roles, right? So, you know, through recruitment agencies, the problem was I was very good at selling myself. So I'd get into a job, but six months later, I wasn't really good at the job. I was just good at getting the job. And I was always communicating with these agencies and I liked what they were doing. And that was my first seed. I thought, I really like what they're doing. I want to be doing that. And that's where my first business idea came out, just looking at how these guys operate. So you started what was a recruitment agency, basically is what you did, but you were focused in on a really specific niche, which was manufacturing, right? Yeah, yeah, manufacturing. Why Um, did you pick that? Tell us a little bit about why you decided that niche. I mean, you you explained how the recruiting came to play because you were a a part of that machine of being placed in different places and it became attractive to you, but but tell us a little bit about how and why you chose that niche. And then, you know, we'll dive into that story of how you started growing that business. Yeah. So what I did, I had to look at agencies who I wanted to build this business scale up pretty quickly. And I looked at the areas within my area. So it was Britain on Trent, which was quite a small town, a very small town compared to American towns. Around there, manufacturing was a big industry. So I knew if I went to a location, if I hit that target market or focus on that area, my business would scale up very quickly if we did the right things. So the market demand was there for manufacturing in my area. And that's one of the reasons I went off that target market, because I knew, look, if I want to be successful, I've got to go in a market which is actually booming rather than picking something which I knew would slow me down, if that makes sense. So that was one of the main reasons I went for manufacturing, because scalability was there. Well, you saw the demand, right? And you yeah. you looked at the assets and the resources that you had available to you, which was you know your proximity, right? Obviously, it's a lot easier to get a client sometimes when you can go meet with them at a local coffee shop or go to their That's facility right. than it is, you know, if they're in Buffalo, New York, like I am, and you're in, yeah. you know, the UK, right? It's tough sometimes to bridge that gap, even though technology's made it easier. So no, I like that thought process. I mean, you took what was in front of you, you looked at the demand and then, you know, probably in your first, you know, few days or few weeks of the business, I mean, you were really just testing to see what was working, right? What would they respond to? What was the demand? What type of products? What was the pricing? I mean, can you talk a little bit about some of those early days? Yeah. Particularly some of the lessons you learned in getting this thing to seven figures and ultimately selling it, because I think that's the ultimate dream, right? Most entrepreneurs have this dream of, hey, I want to build this successful business and and sell it. Not everybody. I mean, some people want to just continue to run their company, but I know that early on that was one of my goals. And it seems to me like it was one of yours. So we have a lot in common there. Tell us a little bit about what some of the big things you learned throughout that journey of building it up. Yeah, 100%. Exit strategy. I want to build something of value and sell it at some point. But very early on, I realized, look, the area I was in, I really realized to connect with the clients. So what I was doing, you're right. I was in a location where I could drive up to these clients, meet with them, look after them, find out more about them, really care for them. And I can remember my first client was actually from an empathy card. 
Now, people look back and say, why did you give empathy card? Because I actually cared. I went to go and see this big client. I sat down with him. He didn't want to really take me on as a client at that point. Still kept in touch. And I found out, you know, he'd lost his um, a very close member. So I sent him a card, genuinely sent him a card, I genuinely as a caring person. I just that opened the door in a sense. So really caring about what the customer really wanted, you know, really sitting down with them and knocking on the doors, remembering their birthdays, remembering their anniversaries, and really connecting with them. And that really built my relationship with them because we were a small company compared to these big blue chip, you know, recruitment agencies. We were quite small. So I knew if I could hit them personally and really care for them, I could be different to just the number, what these big agencies were treating their clients like. Yeah. So you really focused on the relationship. It wasn't a churn and burn. It wasn't a, hey, listen, you know, if you're not spending money with me today, you know, we're not going to talk for two years, right? I mean, there's going to be ongoing conversation. So you focused on the relationship versus the transaction. I think that's a big lesson for anybody in business, right? I don't care what type of product or service you have, that relationship, you know, people will sometimes come for a specific feature or a benefit or a pain that they're having, but ultimately that relationship is what retains them, right? So I think that's a really important piece. So tell us, move on, talk a little bit more about some of the things you learned early on. Yeah. So in the industry, what we noticed very early on that was with manufacturing was it's a 24-hour operation, right? So I sat down with the clients. I said, look, what is your biggest pain? And their biggest pain was the agencies, the bigger agency at six o'clock would shut their office down. But what they said was sometimes they need to get someone in, a maintenance engineer at 10 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night, because when something breaks down in the manufacturing part, it's, it's a big thing, right? So what we did was I sat down, I got an operation manager, and we said, what can we do? So we bought into something called the 24-hour call, which basically nobody else would want to do apart from us because we just worked anyway. But what was happened was when the clients were let down, they would ring our company first and we'd have someone to pick up the phone and then help them with that issue they've got. We'd get someone to help them out with their client. We'd get a maintenance engineer there. We built systems around that. So what I'm trying to say is, what we looked at is, this industry was so booming, but we looked at little gaps where we could really over-deliver and we could instantly change. Because in a small business, I can make a decision overnight, right? I can say, right, tomorrow, we're going to bring a 24-hour call in. But with the bigger agencies, they will take maybe meetings after meetings after meetings, a whole infrastructure change. And that's a big thing we bought. And that helped us win more and more clients because we went the extra, we listened, we went the extra mile. I love that. Because here's what, here's what I see looking from the outside end, obviously, as you kind of expand on this story, is that you were small, you were nimble, you were able to adjust to kind of what the market was looking for in, as opposed to your larger competitors who sometimes yeah. take months or even years to adjust, right? So you figured out a way to differentiate yourself like this 24-hour call-in you know, service or feature, or you really niched yourself out in that yeah. little piece. And, and you know, I've said it before on this podcast, I've said it many, many times before, sometimes different is better than better, right? You can't yeah. always be better than every one of your competitors. That's a goal, but of course, that's hard to maintain. But being different and offering a little bit different value proposition can be can make all the difference. And it sounds to me That's like right. that was a key part of your success in getting traction early on with some of these big clients. 100%. And look, you know, we were working long hours. There's one thing I talk to entrepreneurs and I will help loads of them through the trust and through my own programs. But one thing I say is, and I get asked this question when entrepreneurs starting off, they say, look, Jay, we're doing this, we're doing that. What can I do? I said, what you can do, you can outwork your competition. That's what you can do. You can work an extra three or four hours. You can do that. And that's what I did in my business. And I will always do that. I can outwork them. 
And that, as an entrepreneur, you know, what you've got is you've got the ability to outwork your competition because they've also set in stone that the agencies I used to go up against, six o'clock, they're going home. They want to chill out with their families. Me, I'm working extra hard to try and keep up. And that's what you've got. Straight away, you've got an asset there is your work ethic. So I'd always encourage entrepreneurs, if one, outwork them and two, look at ways where you can be different. Yeah, 100%. I agree with what you said before, Dennis. Yeah, outworking and looking at ways you can really. And sometimes that 24-hour call was so in front of, you know, so easy that people couldn't, couldn't see it. Does that make sense? It was so simple that only people from outside could see it. And I look at it, I was on the outside starting off and we, we saw that. Totally. Well, I mean, you went to those potential clients, you asked them where some of their pain points are, you asked them for what was missing in the industry, and you filled the gap. And for doing that, yeah. you know, to the victor goes the spoils, right? You were able to react right. and you were able to execute, not just put it out there, but you executed. And I agree 100% on the work ethic piece, right? If you're someone who's interested in starting a business or you have an early startup now, right? You know, just know <laughs> up front, you know, Jay's going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, anybody who's built a successful business is going to tell you, it's not a nine to five gig. You know, I remember my yeah. first five years of the business, you know, I was the first guy in the office. I typically got there about six and I usually didn't leave the office till about eight, right? And I had a new family. I was just newly married. I had all kinds of other stuff I could have been doing, right? That, you know, yeah. I had all these honeydews, we call them, right? Things that my wife wanted me to do and things that I needed to do at home with the landscaping and the yard and the pool and all these things. But guess what? The priority was the business. I had to execute, yeah. right? Because I knew that if I didn't do this, there was never going to be time to do it. So those early days, you know, we really did hustle. And then eventually, you know, you build a team and you get a little bit more foundation around you. And then you can start to, you know, pull back the hours a little bit. But when I sold my company in 2016, I don't know about you, Jay, I was still working 50, 60 hours a week, right? But, oh, yeah. But that was a part-time job for me. <laughs> yeah. But it is a thing also, you know, going back to saying the business, when I sold the business and, you know, it's very, you know, not many people do that. And Dennis talking to you is quite, you know, when I do the talks and the hands don't never go up. But when you sell a business, always have an exit strategy as well, because you're right. You, you now, as an entrepreneur, I've got them, you know, you've got these hours that you just want to work. So when I sold it and I thought I relaxed, that was a that was a complete opposite. I wanted to go again. So these, you know, this entrepreneurship will always be in with you. So always look at, you know, your work ethic and what you're doing. But also, like you said, I think if you're starting off as a, a new entrepreneur or if you're scaling your business, getting an office is really important. You know, even if it's just away from your house, because like Dennis says, the little things just take over. Working from home is like, you know, the priority of what you need to do just goes out the window. So getting out is really important as well. Yeah, getting an office, I think you're 100% right. I mean, if it's the type of business where you're really looking to scale up and you know you're going to have to hire employees and you know you're going to have to have staff and you know you're going to have to have, you know, technological infrastructure and things and maybe even a retail frontage or something, you know, an early office can definitely play a role for sure and can definitely impact yeah. your focus for sure. So, let's talk a little bit more about some of your big takeaways. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. We talked early and we know that obviously the differentiation piece was a big part of it. And I think that lesson alone is could be a huge nugget to take away from this. Just find a way to niche yourself down, not only in the industry, but a way to differentiate yourself. Then we talked about the work ethic piece, right? I think that yeah, goes yeah. without saying, and I think people hear that a lot. And, yeah, and yeah. people that are listening may or may not respond to that. What other nuggets, what other takeaways, what other things do you think that the audience could use 
to leverage in their startup to help them, you know, put the best chance of success in those first couple of years when we know that it's usually success or failure pretty early on. Yeah. And look, I see this story all the time of helping other entrepreneurs, but I think the key thing is focus on sales and marketing now. You know, before it was just purely sales, you know, cold calling, et cetera. But always focus on areas the business is going to grow. Now, what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs I talk to, they kind of focus on the admin side, the paperwork, the legislation, which is definitely important. But I would always focus first on your sales and marketing. So let me give you an example. It's a bit like sitting in a car, right? So if you've got a car, um, you know, your front two people are going to be your sales and marketing. Now you've got to be having them in the car going forward. If you stack the back up of your car so heavily and you've got no one to drive the business, your car is not going to move forward. So one thing I did very early on to build that business very quickly was I hired two sales staff straight away. Straight away, got on the front and it was quite aggressive. Now you may think, well, we can't afford to take on sales staff. I would say budget. I budgeted for three months. If I could fund these two sales staff for three months and I can go aggressive on sales, I know in three months, okay, I might lose that bit of money, but I know if it works, it's going to accelerate my business so quickly. And it did. You know, the first year we got seven figures. So, you know, in your mindset, and I do this a lot when talking to entrepreneurs, is focus on what revenue you can bring in. Always focus on expansion. You'll grow a lot quicker that way. If you're constantly on the defensive side and you're trying to stop things and you're not focused on sales, the expansion's going to slow down. It could take you a long time to get where you want to be. Yeah, I think you pointed out something really interesting, and that is young entrepreneurs will sometimes, and I don't completely understand it, but will sometimes avoid what I call those income-producing activities, right? I mean, yeah. if you're not doing sales and marketing 95% of your time as an early startup business, then all you're doing is putting the odds against you that you're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. If you're doing administrative tasks and you're doing graphic design and you're so worried about the website and you're so worried about these little things, right? All these yeah. little nitpicky things, you could accomplish 20 things off your to-do list every single yeah. day and they're absolutely meaningless in comparison to going out and getting one client or developing a strong relationship with a good prospect. I mean, that's what's going to drive your business. You need to spend 95% of your time really focusing on interfacing with your customers, whether that be through your marketing or whether that be through your sales. So that's a really good point. And I think it's something that a lot of people avoid, especially if they're new entrepreneurs and they didn't come from a sales background, right? All of a sudden they're like, well, you know, I wasn't a sales guy. And, you know, I just think that that's an area that where they definitely struggle. So you got to get through that very quickly. Otherwise you're going to run out of cash, which means you're going to run out of oxygen, which means you're going to die. Dennis is a bit like, I always, the example is, it's like going to the gym, right? It's a bit like entrepreneurship. Like we can sit all day watching YouTube videos, just like that you can watch gym videos. Unless you go out to the gym, unless you go on that phone and make the sales and marketing, you're not going to grow. So, the, you know, we're a different era now. You know, we've been in business for quite a while. There's so much information that you could consume your whole day watching these, <laughs> these shows and these YouTube just to pump yourself up. But unless you go to work, unless you get on with the, the business development side, you are not going to grow. So. Yeah, it's, it's even harder now, you know, the distractions. So yeah, fully get that point. Hopefully people listening here will now get on that business development, make that priority. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. All right. Anything else you want to share about those early lessons or big things, the big takeaways from the success you had in that company all the way through the execution? And then we'll ask a couple last questions and wrap it up for today. Yeah, yeah. I think, look, the strategies, I could probably spend a whole day on strategies, but you know, the key areas we've mentioned, but I would always also say believe in yourself. And I know it's overrated and people say, you know, 
believe in yourself. But I would say make sure you have a, a vision. My vision was to sell the business, build it and sell it. Did I know at the start how to do that? No. But you know what? I had that seed in my mind. And then just keep at it every single day. What I did starting off was, yes, I wanted to climb this big mountain. But every day I did a few tasks every single day. There's a great book called The Slight Edge. You know, uh, that's worth a read if you struggle with, with trying to accomplish little tasks. But every day, go turn up every day. Every day I would turn up, my, you know, at that time I had my suit on. I would turn up every single day. Make sure you turn up every single day because you don't know what's going to happen the next day. A lot of entrepreneurs, they will go into business, they will start, they don't see the results instantly and they give up. Just keep turning up every day and doing them tasks and you will succeed. You will succeed. You know, that's without a doubt. Yeah. Having a strong belief in what you're doing and why you're doing it. Obviously you had that. And I think that's an important component. So, all right. Awesome. Listen, two last questions and then we're going to wrap it up for today. Next question, rapid fire if we can. What yeah. would, if you what's your favorite growth tool or software that you use to grow your business today? Whether that be some sort of a SaaS product or an app or something like that. What tools do you use? What's your favorite? Yeah, so I've got lots of tools. I would say look at the the CRM tools are really important and email marketing. I use Active. If you had to pick one, what would be the one? If I was to pick the best one for small business. Active campaign, email marketing software that we use. I think that's amazing. Love it. That's definitely worth worth using. Yeah, 100%. Building mailing list, really important. Perfect. Awesome. Now, you mentioned a book, but I'm going to ask you again on the book component. I'm not sure if that would be your answer. So what's one book that's left a lasting impression or helped you throughout your journey and you think might help the audience here to you know hit their goals? Yeah, I'm an avid reader. I love reading. But I think for an entrepreneur... Solely entrepreneur, this is not motivation, this is to get you through them little days. I think The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson, I love that book. That puts everything in perspective about, you know, doing it consistently, keep keep at it, keep at it, and, and have your growth. There's loads of books, but I think as entrepreneurs and your listeners, it's all about keeping on that course. So I would say that. I would also chuck in Steve Jobs as autobiography. I love that as well. But we could. I'm looking at my bookshelf and I was loads of books. But yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably do that. That's that proved that gave me a lot of perspective at the time um, when I was like lacking growth. If that makes sense. Okay, perfect. Well, listen, Jay. Listen, I really appreciate you being here today. Let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about yeah. your coaching and mentoring business, and then we'll wrap it up for today. Yeah. So you could probably. I've got my own podcast, which is the Business Mentor Podcast. It's on iTunes. That's got loads of lessons on there. There's my website, j-dillon.com. Instagram, jdillonuk. Get me on that. I'm normally on Instagram and Facebook, jdillonuk. So normally if you Google jdillon, I normally come up on my links on there. So yeah, reach out, connect, ask me any questions. We can go a lot deep, obviously, in podcast interviews, there's only so much we can talk about. But if you've got any specific questions, I'm more than happy to help and answer out. Love it. Make sure I put all those links in the show notes. And again, I really appreciate you being here. Have an awesome day, and I'm sure we're going to chat again soon. Thank you. Thank you, Dennis. Thanks, Jay. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now, and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.